Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Through the Tunnel with your host, Nemo Midvar. This is episode number 11, when we're going to Illinois, don't add the S, East Coasters. Uh, we're going to be talking to really uh, two coaches, two great friends of mine that are outside of Chicago. We're not going to talk about Chicago today. They'll get their own episode. There's too much talent in Chicago to, to kind of mix it in with the rest of the state. And the rest of the state's got a really unique uh, backdrop of basketball that deserves its own uh, opportunity to be discussed. My guests today include uh, Gavin Sullivan, who's the director of the Midwest Prospect Academy. Um, Gavin's had over 300 alums go on to play uh, college ball and advance all the way even to the NBA. Most uh, notably, most recently, guys like Ethan Happ at Wisconsin, Isaiah Roby at Nebraska, and Alec Peters at uh, Valpo. And then Mike Weinstein, uh, who's a FU guy, Fundamental University is the name of his team. Um, he's, a, he's a longtime coach in the, in the Midwest who's done a great job of making sure his guys get to the right place. And that's why a lot of his guys end up ultimately having all-conference careers. Um, and that's what you really want. And you want to be able to align yourself with those type of individuals that understand the game that are not going to gash you up and, and tell you an inflated story about their players. Um, we want to make sure we take this opportunity to thank our wonderful sponsor, Dr. Dish. Follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Dish B-Ball. You're going to find videos in different ways to utilize their, their machine, things that you maybe didn't even think of that can really expand your players' games, especially in this uh, time of, you know, in the pandemic where we're limited to the number of passers that we have, number of coaches in the gym. Uh, you've got a passer that never gets tired and will always hit you right on the mark in the right spot. Um, if you've got an old machine, contact them trade it in. They'll give you a, a trading credit, irregardless of the brand. And if you mention this ad and said you heard about this on Rising Coaches, $300 off. Can't beat that. Um, we're going to go through the tunnel, meet my guests. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you like and subscribe to this podcast, wherever you get your podcast. And we really appreciate you. Please leave us a comment. Let us know uh, what next cities you want us to focus on. And we thank you so much. Let's go through the tunnel and meet our guests. All right. We've now come through the tunnel with uh, two really good friends of mine, guys that really understand the state of Illinois. Don't add the S at the end. I've learned that uh, over my time uh, in the Big Ten. Um, Gavin, we're going to start with you. Just get right into it. Uh, I always like to start with some geography. You're, you're in Peoria. Tell us a little bit about kind of location um, and, and what the folks in, in that area are like. And then, Mike, you can follow up with the rest of the state. And I should say this. We're not talking about Chicago in this episode. We're going we're gonna to give Chicago their own day in the sun. Uh, this is for the rest of the state of Illinois. A lot of good basketball in the state. So everybody gets their own shine. Uh, but, Gavin, talk to us about Peoria. Yeah, Peoria, um, we're really right in the, the middle of the state. Um, we're about two and a half hours uh, south of Chicago. We're about two and a half hours north of St. Louis. Um, and there's one interstate, I-74, that, that pretty much cuts the state in half. Goes from Indianapolis to Iowa City. Um, Peoria, um, in, in the central state, you know, central Illinois area, really a little bit slower than it is upstate, um, a little bit more laid back. But it's basketball, basketball, basketball everywhere you go. Every big town, a lot of the small towns around here, they eat, breathe, sleep basketball. Um, so it, it's definitely got the vibe. Obviously, Bradley University being here in Peoria, Illinois State being 30 minutes away. And then 30 minutes past that is the University of Illinois. So you got three Division One schools plus D3 powerhouse and um, Illinois Wesleyan being in Bloomington and then Augustana, you know, on the, the west side of the state, all being on that same road. It is pretty remarkable to see the level of basketball that's down here. But um, like I said, a little bit slower pace in Chicago, but not much difference in the sense of what basketball means to the, the area. Mike, Mike, talk a little bit about the rest of the state. And is the rest of the state a, a basketball state through and through? I mean, I would tell you that, you know, I would 
the Chicago land around Chicago is the growth of the suburbs, the north to southwest suburbs has been unbelievable. So there's good players everywhere. I would say the whole state, when I think about it, as Gavin was talking, I was thinking about the whole state is pretty amazing how the level, it's all kind of leveled out, but there's a lot of really good, solid players. Um, so I don't think there's a specific area anymore that you really concentrate. I mean, obviously the city's got its niche, but then the rest of the state of Illinois, there's good players everywhere. I mean, and I've gotten kids from all over, uh, just like Gav has. I mean, you know, I think the common bond is people love basketball. So it's one of the you know, fantastic game. Who doesn't want to play it? And now kids are realizing that you can get scholarships not only through Division One, that there's all kinds of scholarship opportunities, Division Two, II, Division Three, NAI. So I think, uh, you know, it's an easy game to play, too. You don't need a lot of guys to play basketball. So there's a lot more people playing basketball than the other sports. So that's going to give us more numbers to have successful kids. Okay, so the talent, based on this early description, the talent's pretty evenly distributed throughout the state. And, you know, players emerge kind of around, uh, in and around the state. It's kind of spread like uh, Land of Lakes, right? Uh, I don't know if that's Illinois thing or not, but uh, it gives me an Illinois vibe uh, with the cover. What am, what am I getting as a, as a if I'm stereotyping an Illinois basketball player, um, traditionally, what type of players are we, are we going to find uh, in and around your state? Mike, I'll start with you, and then Gavin, you follow up. I would – I don't think there has become a specific label you can put on Illinois kids. I think Illinois' depth of players, it used to be there was a concentrated effort area, and I've been doing this now for 28 years, and there used to be certain pocket only that you would go to, a couple pockets here and there, that's where all the kids were. Now the kids are so spread out, and the state is so large. I mean, you look at Illinois and Indiana, how many more people we have in our state, the population, um, and it's so spread out. I mean, the suburbs run on, like, St. Charles, Batavia, Geneva, like those are growing crazy South suburbs that you would never even talked about 10 years ago. Um, all the way through Naperville. It's, it's, um, I don't even label what kind of kids you're going to get out of Illinois. I think you just know there's a lot of kids and you have to do your homework to get the right kid for you as a coach and find out which kids. I think a lot of kids, not only in basketball, but in other states like basketball. I think the tricky part now in recruiting is, who loves basketball? Which kids really want to play? Which kids really want to work at it? Which kids are really students? Because um, there's a lot of kids that are about the same as players. It's can they keep growing as players? Gavin, what do you think? You know, um, obviously, I, I kind of have a perspective of both because I grew up in the Chicagoland area in the suburbs and then moved down here to central Illinois after college. And I would say that the one thing about down here – that is a little bit different is the kids look to Chicago and have something to prove. Um, you know, the, the sometimes and when I was growing up, the Tribune and stuff, they, they wrote about everybody in the suburbs. They covered everywhere up there where down here, Peoria covers Peoria, you know, Bloomington covers Bloomington and Champaign covers Champaign. There's not one hub to where kids are getting the same, I guess, like notoriety per se. And so it makes them hungry when they go somewhere that they got something to prove. So I would say like the one thing down here that you get, I think Mike hit it on his head, on the head though, of like who loves the game. There's a lot of kids that like playing it. Um, but I will say when push comes to shove and you take these guys somewhere, whether it be their high school team or AAU they take things personal down here just because they don't get the love. So they feel like this is their opportunity. So they, they punch a little bit harder. They, you know, they, they play with a little bit more purpose. I think sometimes than, than some of the up, upstate guys do just because those guys tend to usually have that, that recognition already because of the, the newspaper up there. And I mean, Mike might be able to go in more depth than this, but Ravante Rice is a kid that he had that went to Drake and then finished at Illinois down here at Champaign. He played for us for a year um, as well, too. And he's a kid that should never like slip through cracks. I mean, he's so talented and it took him till his junior year, late, late sophomore year to really get his, uh, 
you know, exposure out there. And then boom, now he's a, he's really good pro, you know? And so maybe Mike can, you know, give his, his input on that. I would say, I never thought of that way, but it makes sense. Um, because we have so much exposure up here now, like the exposures, every kid gets rid. And there's so many papers, their local newspapers are all, all tied together, owned by the same company. So a kid gets written about, his little high school team doing great. And then it's covered by all the, the website of everything um, that the Tribune has bought or, or, or the Herald has bought. Ravante is a great story because I didn't know who Ravante was. The reason I got Ravante Rice was because somehow Lenzel Smith knew him. Yeah. And said, hey, coach, there's this kid. He's a friend of mine. He's a good player. Lives in Champagne. How am I going to have a Champagne kid? And they're like, he'll take the train. And this kid actually took the train up. He would take the train up and he'd stay at Lenzel's house and we'd do double practices and then he'd take the train home. And uh, it's a good point. Like he wasn't ranked very high until probably the end of that summer. Where, and he didn't even start for us. He was our sixth man. Uh, but boy, he was really talented. He, I think he averaged double digits his two years at Drake and crushed it. He was all mm-hmm. around. And then his last year, he was honorable mention all Big Ten in Illinois and he's doing great. He's, he's, he's making money. Just I think he got engaged just now. He's doing great. Life is good. That's a that's a pretty good life. So if Lenzel Smith play, I mean, excuse me, if Levante Rice played up here as a fourteen year old, he would have been recognized immediately, blown up, and I would have probably. I mean, I might have gotten him, I might not have, but everyone in the world would have been all over him when he came to me. I don't think you know. I didn't you know. I didn't even know he played for you, Gav. I had no idea. Like I didn't even know the kid was. Right. <laughs> right. This this is uh, this is interesting. I want to kind of recap some of the things that uh, we've we've talked about and touched on. Kids outside of Chicago, a little bit of chip on their shoulder because they maybe see the kids in Chicago get a little bit more notoriety. We've heard about this in some of uh, the other episodes that we've done here, specifically Atlanta uh, versus the rest of the state of Georgia. So kind of some, some similarities there. And then talking a little bit about um, the fact that, you know, there's there's not necessarily a, a stereotypical um, Illinois basketball player, but guys love the game that, and they're playing it throughout the state. Uh, just lends to, you know, you being able to unearth a talent like the young man that you just mentioned, who's kind of flying underneath the radar. Um, let's talk about this. What, what are some of the major challenges uh, that are presented for kids like that uh, that are underneath the radar, kind of based on the fact that the state's really big, you got new pockets of areas kind of developing, so they're not traditional uh, household names in recruiting circles. Um, and so, you know, Gavin, you mentioned if I if I want to get to Peoria, I'm sure you guys have a, a, a smaller regional airport somewhere down there. But like, you know, two and a half from Chicago, two and a half from St. Louis. So I got to uh, you know, I got to fly in then, then rent a car and then drive up a little bit more complicated. Right. Yeah, def- definitely is is a, a little bit different dynamic uh, than most, um, you know, when when they they fly in they're usually flying into a major hub so that we get the after chicago <laughs> you know thing and they come down for one guy maybe if they can make it work they might swing and, and hit a second guy but our guys are so spread out most of the time hey there might be one or two guys in peoria and then the next one's in bloomington which is 35 minutes the opposite way 40 minutes and then you still got to go back up north to chicago um, it's just not really conducive to see a lot of players at the same time in the same trip, unless you just make it a trip to say, hey, I'm going to go across central Illinois um, and, and try to hit up all these kids in a couple days where most college coaches don't have three days to, to drive everywhere. You know, everybody practices pretty much at the same time, you know, right after school. So you just kind of pick your poison, you know, at that stuff. So. it's just it's hard down here because like you said there's there's not a direct i mean there's a uh airport you know smaller airports in some of the bigger towns but most people aren't flying into peoria or bloomington they're going into chicago indianapolis st louis and then driving up and then going back you know or or driving down and going back wherever it may be so it, it does make it a little bit harder down here for the guys to because people just don't pass through most of the time 
Yeah, yeah. I can imagine. Unless maybe they're coming for, you know, Bradley and Illinois State and all that, which in that case, then then it's just uh, the stars aligned. And, and sometimes that happens, um, you know, and, and sometimes when there's complications and trouble uh, in terms of uh, a scenario that makes it a little bit more difficult, uh, a, a smart recruiter will see that as an opportunity and say, you know, this is something that I, I should probably focus in and hone in on this area because you guys have had some great players uh, over, over the, the last, you know, at least the last decade. Mike, any, any thoughts uh, to add to that in terms of challenges? I would say a couple of things. Like, he, I, it's right, he's in a tougher situation than being a Chicagoan. I get a phone call from a college coach, um, and he can knock out which guys are going to see Mike and knock out four or five guys in two days. Like, I can set up – I can have the high school coaches set up, you know, make a call, and they'll set up to see a kid in the morning or work them out in the morning, work them out in the afternoon, have a practice. It's a lot easier for – in a bigger metropolitan area to get a lot of kids seen. There's also the spillover. Um, there could be a coach coming in to see so-and-so's player – and I hear where's the advantages of someone like that I've had. I've been doing this a long time. So I get a lot of people call me all the time. Like, I don't know all the players like I used to, but people ask me all the time for players. What do you have or what other players do you have out there? And the good guys will recommend other kids. Like, hey, there's a kid over there you need to look at or a kid there. Some guys won't competition. They don't want their kids to get bumped by another kid. Um but that is definitely a huge advantage in the big city of the bigger, the whole, the Chicago land suburbs can be over an hour drive from Chicago easily an hour and a half. And it still counts as Chicago land. And I think that really benefits the kids. Um, and they can see a lot more games in one shot than they can going down to see Gavin's kids. He's right. I didn't think about it. Your kids are so spread out. It's one kid. I mean, I get a phone call yesterday. Which kids do I got to see when I come in town for someone? You know, I can give them four or five kids and they can knock them out in two days easily. Not, and that's just my kids. And that's what they're seeing other kids. Um, the other thing I thought I think that was important was um, it's definitely an advantage for the kids. There are a lot of really good players that are pretty leveled out as far as I'm concerned. But if the kids are with the right programs and the right people at the right kind of contacts, it's just more opportunities for exposure. Like a kid in area they would be crazy not to play for a game because now he's proved has a proven track record and it is a big advantage like it does open a door now it doesn't mean that i or gab can get a kid a scholarship because we don't the bottom line is the kids have to be the scholarship but it does give an open door for more exposure to get seen uh and then the kids got to run with it absolutely you know wearing one of your guys's jerseys at least for me because i've got a long-standing relationship with you guys and i i know the quality of your work over time i lost you mike when we played AU way back in the day like i i know what what you guys are bringing to the table and i think that's obviously what a lot of us coaches do we we count on you guys and rely you got rely on you guys to to sift through the talent and, and and do the work but it's complicated when there's so much area and, and land to, to cover there's definitely going to be some some gems that are that are left unearthed and uh you know we have to to give them a little bit of uh extra look the other thing i want to add is you know you guys mentioned something and for all the high school coaches that are listening i know right now in a pandemic uh, type of situation, getting in the gyms at various times may be difficult, but the more coaches can coordinate with one another and, and stagger times and and work together, the easier it is for, for us, um, you know, especially the out-of-towners that want to come in and, and take a look uh, because that's, that's going to just give us more reason to get bang for the buck, and the buck is going to become more and more important. Um, for universities uh, as they invest in recruiting. Um, so that's my uh, two cents for all the high school coaches out there. Um, speaking of high school, there's there's a, a, a really unique landscape um, and, and challenge that's going to be presented in the state of Illinois here coming up uh, in, in the spring. And that's that's with the talk of High school ball possibly being played in the spring, possibly being at the same time as football, um, possibly not allowing high school kids to play AAU at the same time. There's a lot of possibilities, as, as everyone knows. Not all decisions have been finalized in any uh, capacity anywhere with uh, leadership 
So let's let's talk a little bit about that because that's something that I did not know um, that Mike you told me about, and and I thought that was really interesting and, and important to know because you know the debt period right now, as it stands, it's going to be concluded in April at the final at the conclusion of the final four, at least t- for now. Um, and so, wh- how should we expect this to look when we get to? to the spring when, when kids might be able to play some high school ball in Illinois? Well, first of all, it, they've already eliminated one of the live periods. Have they eliminated the second one for April? You know, uh, it's, I, don't think, I don't think so. Just the first one. Yeah. So the problem is going to be is Illinois and I know California aren't playing high school basketball if they do play basketball in the spring. So how do you have a live period if those high school programs are playing? And there's AU programs playing. So I, it's going to be a very interesting <laughs> situation. Um, I mean, I hope Illinois, I hope we do have a high school for those seniors. The only kids I feel really bad for are the seniors because they're going to lose their senior year would really stink. Um, I don't know how it, the effect, I guess, I don't know what your question is exactly, but the effect of this is that college coaches haven't seen any of these kids play since last February before we close. So recruiting is a mess and you've got all these kids this year doesn't count college. So you've got all those kids repeating next year. So I've got schools that have offered some of my kids that have now stopped the offers. They haven't pulled them. They said, we're frozen. We can't take your kid right now because we don't know what we're in our roster. So I know I've kind of went off on a tangent, but it's disappointing when you think about what we're in, but you got to deal with it, right? Take it day by day. I support high school basketball. So I'll be the first one. Like I want them to have a high school season and I will adjust so the kids can play high school basketball. I will not go against uh, or criticize, you know, I want the kids to play high school basketball. Yeah, I haven't seen a missed shot from anybody out of the state of Illinois since the pandemic because there's only highlight tapes available. So that's, um, you know, it's a 100% shooting clip right now. Gavin, uh, what do you think? How do you think this is going to uh, shake out? You know, um, I, I hope I'm like I'm with Mike in the sense I, I love Illinois high school basketball scene, um, the pride that it, it carries, um, not only for the towns, but for the players, the coaches. Um, but part of the reason when we merged with Quad City Elite and we made a Midwest Prospect Academy is because I watched it happen in soccer and I think it's slowly transitioning to where club sports, especially with basketball and soccer, might start to dominate over high school situations and the pandemic isn't helping. I I hope to God, like, I don't want that to happen. I love the high school basketball scene here in Illinois. Um, But at the same time, it's just, I think it's, you know, everything is looking more and more like the European models than it is, you know, you look at all the prep schools that blew up this year because people left our state and other states to go go play. Well, they're pretty much AAU teams playing AAU teams. I mean, that's it's no different. Um, and I think a lot of people are seeing the notoriety that, that those things are getting while their kids are sitting at home, not being able to do stuff. Um, it just might make the transition easier I don't really know. I'm like with Mike. Hey, we just got to take it day by day and whatever happens, happens. Um, I hope Illinois never loses high school basketball because it's awesome in this state and in the Midwest in general. Um, It's a huge part of who we are as states. Um, So, you know, like like Mike said, I hope these seniors especially get a chance to go out with, you know, some type of of claim. Yeah, I think it's important, like, I agree with Gavin. I think that club sports are becoming stronger and stronger. I actually, one of the reasons when I sold, I saw the future was prep school players. So if you want to be a division one level, higher level player, I can see that being the future. But what's unique about high school sports and including football too, is high school football Friday night lights is unbelievable. It's not about whether the level of play is division one, division three, division five, who cares? It's the whole atmosphere and the fans and the excitement, like going to those cool playoff games, you know, like when you're in a super sectional championship or sectional, like I'm sure down state's got to be awesome in the little gym when it's packed or at Moline High School and its history. Like that stuff is cool. That's the stuff I don't want to see disappear. Um, and for, for I, I can speak for myself, but I'm sure Gav's on the same boat as me. Like we started our stuff because we like helping kids get better. 
and helping kids have the chance to play at the next level. But the best thing for me is when I can work to help a kid with the high school coach. Like I always want to work together. Like I don't have an ego towards that. It's all about working together to find the best place for the kid and helping the kid progress and, 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 and be a man and make his choices. Like that's why I got into it. I like helping people. I know what Gav's about. That's what he's about. Like that's what you hope people are in it for. Right. You hope you and I both, we all know that there's some that aren't, but you know, my, this was not supposed to be a business for me. I, it came, became a business but it became a, it was a passion first. You know, and hopefully the leadership in the NCAA uh, kind of figures this out. Here's this message, uh, et cetera. Probably not. They're, they're probably not subscribed, linked, and commenting on Through the Tunnel on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. But, um, you know, you, you talk about, you know, the, the financial challenges that, that school systems have. Uh, to to host you know sport teams and if, they're, if it's not a packed gym they're they're they may be losing money they're also in a in a liability situation um, and you know if we if we pull up to see Mid Pro Academy or Fundamental U like there's going to be ten to fifteen college coaches minimum at your guys' games and if I uh, come to you know a, a local high school game I might be joined by one other coach and so you know your cost benefit kind of shifts a little bit. And we just talked about the challenges that it takes to go from location to location in a big state that's got, you know, suburbs kind of spread out over the course of five to six hours of distance. Um, you know, th- there there's probably some, some major benefit in terms of consolidating those efforts and having a club team format you lose a little bit on uh, on the atmosphere, but you're gonna you're gonna give to to the to at least the best kids. But there's still gonna be a lot of kids that get forgotten. Mike, you got something there's to say? Place for all of this, like li- yes. Listen, the best thing for college coaches is see better players play against better players. Okay, that's yeah. how you. Get- if you go to a high school game and there might be one or two college players on the floor, you're not gonna get a good evaluation. You're just not. So it is very important that mid-pro and FU play each other because we're going to have, I'm going to have eight or nine and he's going to have eight or nine college players on our roster. That gives you all a good evaluation. It also raises the level of play. You get to see the kids play with better players against better players, get real evaluations. So it would be a mistake by the NCAA not giving more value. I, I think the NCAA is way off by not giving as much evaluation time as possible. I actually believe, yeah, that's great. June is a high school month. Give them as much as you want, but July Give it to the AU programs so these college coaches can get real evaluations and see these kids in high-level competition. And then come back in August and do your special camps. Like, to, to be successful in life, you have to do your due diligence. You have to do your homework. Right? That's what we're teaching these kids. Do your homework, get good grades. So why would we not have a system set up where the college coaches can do their due diligence and see as much as possible of the kids in different environments, see their progress from high school season, AAU season, high school summer, AAU summer, then at specialized camps. It does two things. It helps the coaches go after the right kids. And then it also helps the kids get enough information for the right schools for them. Like it drives me badly. Like if we're all supposed to be helping these kids, well, time is the, is the answer. We need time. So, yeah, you'll, you'll get me going on the thing. I'll go. I'll get mad. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Love, love, love getting you going, uh, Coach Mike. I love getting you going. And you know, there's been so much of trying to de-emphasize, you know, grassroots basketball, and and maybe casting a little bit of a shadow on it. That uh, now that it's come, you know, a little bit more full circle, where grassroots basketball is a, is necessary to to maintain the. Um, infrastructure that is a multi-billion dollar industry of NCAA basketball. Um, you know, we, we should probably remove, like you said, some of the roadblocks and, and time restrictions to, to allow it to happen. Um, I think that's crucial. Um, now, we, we talked a lot about, um, you know, the, the, the landscape and, um, you know, the players, the challenges that are presented. A um, couple of things I want to, want to find out. What, what are Illinois families um, what are they? Pri- is there a, a primary thing that that families uh, look for, or, or common trends that you guys have seen over the course of your years in in helping guys through this process, or is it uh, all over the map 
you know, some of our regions that we've we've interviewed thus far, there's been some clear and concise answers, some not so much. How does it shake out in Illinois? Gavin, I'll start with you. Um, I, I don't really know that there's a precise thing that families are looking for. Um, I think me and Mike are very similar on, on how we go about our things in our program. It's not so much the best player, but the best fit for us. Um, you know, there, there's plenty of players that we've passed on that probably have more talent than some of our guys, but those other guys fit our program uh, a lot better in the sense of how we run things or what we do to win games and, and things like that, or just culturally, you know, hey, you know, hey, some of our guys might not fit in somebody else's program. You know, they play a little bit faster, our guys are a little bit slower, you know, whatever it may, whatever it may be. Um, but the, the big thing that most of our parents have is they don't have any clue, you know, like when they get into this, it, they think that their kid's good in junior high and that they have all these huge expectations, but then they see what basketball really becomes the beast that it really is at 15, 16 and 17 new year. And, and they don't always necessarily know how to navigate or what buttons to push. And they don't have, especially down here in central Illinois, they don't have a lot of other programs that play at the level that necessarily we have uh, played recently. And then on top of that, there's not a lot of people down here, except for some high school coaches that have dealt with a lot of higher level, you know, recruits, or even for that matter, college basketball players. Every year we have a new kid from some new high school that they haven't had a college basketball player in two or three years, four years, you know, like it seems weird to me that, you know, Hey, somebody didn't go to a D three or a Juco or, or something down the line, but that's, that's realistic down here. Um, and I think you could probably say the same at some, some schools in the Chicagoland area is just, Everybody thinks they know until they're in it, and then they just go, "Holy cow! This, there's way more to this game than just just basketball." You know, and we kind of hit it on relationships, hey, going through the process before understanding what's coming in the process, and trying to get families to understand that. So, I would say the probably the most thing, you know, the most common thing down here is parents think they know, and then they get their eyes open to what it really is about. That's a, that's a really fascinating answer. Mike, anything to add from your neck of the woods? I mean, I think the, the, the what he said, the, the biggest thing is I think all the parents think they know and they think their kids are really good and they don't realize there's a zillion players that can play. Like I was talking to a coach today, a prep school coach about this, like his prep school went played an NAI program and I knew it because I coached NAI for a couple of years. I'm like, oh, I know that program. They got studs. He's like, yeah, we had no idea. They beat the crap out of us. And our kids D1 and they whooped. And I said, you know, and then I said, it's a reality check all the time. Like there's a zillion players. So. Uh, I've been well known for, you know, uh, we, we push academic kids. We, we've gotten academic kids. It's kind of giving them a, an extra level to look at. Um, We're having some uh, audio technical difficulties here. It sounds like uh, a ghost is whispering yeah. somebody's mic. I would say the right fit, though, is so important. For I know for me, and Gab's on me since he was a kid, I always want the right kind of people. Like That's the most important thing to me. And, and, uh, I like this program. I see what he's built it up to. I mean, he's done a lot of ways when I look at your guys and see our guys. Good kids playing the right way. That's yeah, I love that. Okay. Now, uh, the other thing I want to talk about is, you know, you, you just mentioned something, Mike, that I think is really important. You used to coach NAIA, a lot of good players in that level, a lot of good players at the Division three level. Gavin, you mentioned there's a really good one not too far from you guys. Um, if, if I may, and we have a pretty uh, big listening base within rising coaches and beyond of coaches that are not at the Division one level. Um, what, what should they be expecting and, and how should they be navigating, uh, you know, recruiting Illinois? What, what are your guys' thoughts on that? I don't know what support to that family and that kid. You know, I've had kids that turn down Division One to go to Division Three because of academic and what's best for them. So I always the family and the kid 
report to them? What are their things that they're looking for? I don't want to waste any coach's time on a kid. Uh, I respect their time. Just like, you know, I don't want them to fight with me. I've had coaches get really mad at me. Like, why would not you look at us? And I'm like, I'm trying to explain to you. It has nothing to do with you personally. It's the situation, what the kid wants, whether it's urban, whether it's suburban, whether it's the special engineering program. Like, know what the kids are interested in, their families are interested in. That would help tremendously in the recruiting. Um, and then make your own. This is the biggest pet peeve I have all college coaches. You look at the kid and you evaluate the kid for you. Don't ask me about the other schools and his scholarships and his offers. Like you make your assumption. Will he fit what you want to do? Is he the right kind of player for your program to be successful? This goes on at every level, D1 through D3. And it drives me crazy. Like I've had plenty of kids that have had one or two offers that were studs and went to NCAA tournaments and, and all commerce players and, Division three All-Americans where other guys, you know, oh, he didn't have any offers from so-and-so, so we're not going to recruit him. Like, that's a craziness. Like, if you see a kid's for you, go after him. If he's not for you, don't go after him. I'm not going to – I'm not selling you a kid. Give me your 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 take on that. And and let's, like, tie into the fact that, you know, it's, it's complicated to – like you said, it's complicated to find guys when, you know, the space is so far. And, and another thing that, that we should probably touch on – is, you know, events, the event landscape on high school and AAU in the state of Illinois has changed a little bit. Um, but what are your thoughts? Because I know your team has some ebbs and flows. You guys have got some, some. I mean, you're always competitive, but you got teams that have multiple Division I players. Then you've got some teams that have got multiple future Division Three All-Americans. How, how do I sift through all that if I'm a college coach? You know, I, I think that – if you're a college coach, obviously, just like it is with us in AAU, you have relationships and, you know, you trust those relationships, you know, over time. And I think that's one thing that we've done a really good job at down here um, with our guys is we haven't oversold them. You know, hey, can some of our guys that go to D3 play at a higher level? Absolutely. Can some of our guys that are at, uh, you know, D2 play D1? Absolutely. Like, um, but I think the one thing that uh, down here that works for, in our benefit is when guys come in and we tell them to look at guys, they're looking at the right guys, you know, that, you know, whether it be a Illinois Wesleyan and Augustana are D3 powerhouses and they're right in the beltway down here. There's a reason that they get our guys. They're, it's close to home. They're unbelievable facilities and they win all the time, you know, this is nothing against, you know, some of the other schools, but some of the other schools down here that are at higher levels, they haven't won in forever, you know? And so like guys look at it. I, we have a kid right now that's at Illinois Wesleyan that he had, he had nine, nine division one and division two offers. And he went to Illinois Wesleyan because it's in his hometown. He grew up being a huge fan. Academics mattered to him. And he's the first freshman of the year in the CCIW ever at Illinois Wesleyan last year. And does that mean a whole lot? No, but like at the same time, like he found something that fit him perfectly and he found a level of success. And those guys weren't afraid to recruit him either. They didn't say like, Oh, you got all these offers. We're going to stop recruiting you. You know? And I think that's a lot of, of how our guys end up at a lot of the same schools is they've had success with one guy and they come down here and they try to get it with a second or third or fourth, you know, and, um, you know, down here, there's a lot more D3s than just Augustana and Wesleyan that do a, an unbelievable job, but they do a really good job of finding guys that fit them. And, you know, it, it comes from AAU teams. It comes from quality high school coaches. And, and sometimes it comes from the kid and their family reaching out to those schools. You know, I can't, we can only do so much high school coaches and AAU coaches, you know, sometimes, you know, a kid has to take on his own recruitment at some level and show an interest to make, to make the needle move a little bit farther. So um, I don't know if that answers it, but that's the one yeah. thing that I would say is, you know, it, they, they've just done a really good job of, of finding guys early and just latching on to, to guys that they feel fit their level and their, their programs. And I think you, you said something that makes my ears perk up. You you don't oversell. 
you, you get guys to the right levels and then you've got guys going to multiple guys going to the same institution, which means if I invest my time in, in your program and, and build relationships with you and everyone around, um, you know, the Peoria area, et cetera, it, it, it's more than just a player. It's a, it's a relationship that can kind of build over time and, and you can start to build um, pillars within your program off of players out of out of your your neck of the woods and your program and, and surrounding areas that to me is is valuable so now i'm I'm probably more inclined to uh you know reach out to you and, and learn about your players and uh to all of our listeners who are still listening if you want to get to get connected with either gavin or mike please tweet us we'll be more than happy to to get you their contact information uh, both have been very gracious with their with their time uh, in the past when it comes to recruiting, so I know they'll do that same for you. And both have had damn good players. I want to just like really quickly let's play a little like uh, basketball ping pong here. I want you guys to rattle off some guys, some other guys that have been from the you know not I'm sorry not Chicago from Illinois that you know if if a listener hears that name like oh that that was a good player and it might be someone like a, a division 3 player like you just mentioned Gavin that got a player of the year accolade as a freshman that's a big deal um but you guys have all had some 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 big success uh let just take take a couple minutes here let's let's drop some names uh because well, I think that's important I, before we say names I think it's really important like I've been I've been doing Lauren, the gap. So my list of kids are like overwhelming. Um, I take a lot of pride that every kid who plays for me in their 17, you will get a chance to play college. Last year, we sent 25 of 28 kids to play college basketball. And I'm proud of each one of them, whether it was division one or division three means nothing to me. Uh, so names of kids, but I'll just, I'll start rattling up names. So I'll keep going. And to me that you, people may not know Omar, but I'll, I'll love them just because I love who the kid is and what they're about. To me, that's more exciting. I don't care. I mean, I love my kids who were all Big Ten, and I love my kids that were uh, Division Three All-Americans, and I had three of those guys. So um, I'll let Gavin start with names because I'll, I'll I'll keep going here. We'll lose time. Yeah, um, you know some some of the names that we've had kind of come through ours most recently. I mean, Ethan Happ would be one big one. Uh, <laughs> I have nightmares of that kid, oh, by the way. Love Ethan Happ. <laughs> He's a stud, man. Um, you know, Isaiah Roby was at Nebraska and got drafted uh, into the NBA. Alec Peters was another one. Michael Finke, who played at Illinois. Um, Christian Williams, Obadiah Church, they played in the Missouri Valley. Um, I mean, we could go, like Mike said, you could go on and on. You've been, we've been in the game for so long that you could keep rattling off names. Um, but like Mike said, you know, People, people move the needle when they're at a higher level. You know, people like, oh, your program produced Isaiah Roby, who was uh, drafted in the NBA. That's awesome. You know, like, well, we had, you know, like Mike said, he had 25 out of 28 guys or whatever he said. You know, we had 32 out of 37, you know, and I'm, I'm like super happy about the guys going JUCO, NAI, D3, because they get to live out a dream just like those other guys, you know, Hey, I'm super proud of Isaiah for doing what he's doing. That's unbelievable. But like these other guys, their dream means just as much. And so like, we have guys that are big name guys, but like guys like Luke Yoder, who was a kid at um, Illinois Wesleyan, who was a freshman of the year last year. Nobody knows his name unless you're in Illinois and you happen to see him in AAU. There's not many guys that know about him but unbelievable freshman year. You know, we have other guys that are, you know, been all-time leading scorers at Eureka College, you know, and half the people don't even know Eureka College exists down here, you know. And so, I mean, those are the names that people would like maybe like get to, but, you know, I, I love the names that, that don't ring that same bell for the, the basketball heads either. So I would tell you probably, like the best thing to do is look at people's alumni sheet, see their kids. Like, like Gaff's talking about, I'm proud of every single kid. So I don't want to slight any of my kids, but I mean, obviously I've had some great kids like Jack Cooley who was a first team All-American in Notre Dame, making money. That one class with Ravante played with Ben Bruss, Lenzel Smith and Ravante Rice were all Big Ten, all three of them as seniors. Uh, Michael Thompson, who was an all Big Ten player in Northwestern, is making unbelievable money overseas. 
Sean O'Brien was a all three-time all-conference player at Southern Illinois. He's making money over. He's actually coaching now in Georgia. So I could go on, and I mean, I've had some great kids that. I mean, just now, right now, I've got kids. I think about all the kids I've had to make the NCAA tournament. Like I, there was a rule I had. If you were one of my kids, you made the NCAA tournament, whether it was Division One, Two, II, or Three. I would try and go to your playoff game, and it's almost impossible now because I had so many kids playing at so many different levels. But that's like a proud papa moment, right? Like, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, it's a basketball game. A lot of people may be excited about the game. I'm not excited about the game. I'm more like proud that I was there. To, like, that's my guy. I was part of that guy's journey. I helped him stay on his track to get where he's at, whether it's Ryan Hammond, the first team All-American at Rochester and made it to the final four of Division Three, and no one wanted him. Or it's uh, big uh, Cam Crubbick of Loyola that everyone loves, the greatest big white man in the country. Let, let, you know, I love both those kids equally. Both of them make me smile. They both make me laugh when I get a text from, you know, Ryan's now playing in Israel, and he sends me a text. Or Big Campbell sent me, Coach, you remember the song we played when we were driving to so-and-so? Like, I just love that stuff. So it's hard to start going through all the names. I think if people want to learn about us and what we're about, I would say, like I said, do your homework. Like, do your due diligence. If you're going to pick an AAU program, pick the right program for the right kind of people that have a history of what you want. And whether you're in Gavin's area or you're in my area, um, I completely kind of I, I do very little recruiting. I keep like, I keep trying to retire. But I keep getting surrounded by great people. When you're around great people, there's nothing better. You know, all the names that you guys mentioned uh, and three names, Gavin, you mentioned were really good stretch fives. Um, <laughs> it, you know, Roby, which, you know, his game is more of a guard, but he played for Nebraska as a, as a five and gave fits to everyone, um, gave fits to us at Maryland. Alec Peters gave us fits at Maryland in the NCAA tournament. And um, Finky at, at Illinois gave us fits. Those are all three really good players. Hap obviously gave us a lot of fits. And then Mike McCord at Loyola Chicago had a hell of a run. These are, these are you know, the purpose of, of this exercise are just – those are all names that, that every college basketball fan, or at least most, definitely every coach knows. And then you start saying, like, wow, these guys are all from, you know, this area – um, that's pretty damn cool. Um, all right, so we're getting towards the end of the show, and we're now going to be running our fast break. Um, the High Tech Banner, sponsored by no one, is uh, available down at the bottom. You can put your ad there if you'd like. Uh, if you're listening still at this point, what the hell are you waiting on? Come on and sponsor. Um, all right, so we're going we're gonna to do a little uh, rapid fire. The rules are simple. Cannot use the same answer uh, the other contestant uses, uh, but everybody answers the question. Uh, we're going to just get right into it. Mike, I'll start with you. Uh, and we're going to go two rounds on this snake draft. So, Gavin, you give me two names. Best player out of the state of Illinois, sans Chicago. We're not using Chicago in this episode. Uh, ever. Of all time. Of all time? All time. A little history lesson here. Okay. Best, best player, not a pro. Exactly. I'm going to tell you the best high school player. The best four-year high school run that wasn't a pro. If you just go by his high school numbers, John Shire. Ooh. John Shire's high school career was unbelievable. And people don't reckon, like, think about, like, his high school four years, unbelievable. John Shire. Um, that was one of mine. That was he was up there on the list. Uh, I figured Mike would probably mention him since it's right in Mike's backyard. But uh, Darius Miles um, was one one that he was so special. Um, seeing him at the state tournament, um, you know, six nine, six ten, could run like a deer, would grab a rebound, push it all the way up the floor, drop a no look pass. The next time he blocks a shot above the the box, comes down and hammer windmills, you know, on the fast break. I mean, there's a reason why he's drafted right out of high school. Um, he was he's probably. Outside of Chicago, he's probably the, the best player I've seen in my lifetime. So I'll tell you story. Just a quick Josh dad I knew playing pickup games. And he said, when I started to enjoy the game, John Shire was five years old. I said, Mike, can you – I started to enjoy the game camp just for fun. He's like, can you please let him in the camp? And I'm like, he's five years old. So like, just let him in the camp. And that dude was making shots at five years old. 
who knew he was going to, I like, I can't believe I had that kid when he was a little tiny puppy. And be- so, so you heard me here first. Mike Weinstein created John Shire's legend. <laughs> no. It, it all originated. <laughs> um, all right. Now, now I want to ask you guys this. Uh, we, we're both familiar. We're all by now familiar with your guys' programs. Give a shout out to some other programs. It could be high school. It could be AAU, but people that do a good job so that we get a little bit more notoriety in your guys' region. Gavin, I'll start with you since, Mike, you went first last time. You know, I, I mean, I, the list could go on. I mean, it's such a deep basketball state. You could name a million AAU programs. You could name, you know, a million high school coaches, uh, some high school coaches that have, have made our – you know, job awesome down here and easy. Uh, Sean Taylor, uh, who's been at multiple high schools, he's got over 500 wins, I think. Uh, Pat Ambrose is, is helped out our, is up by Mike's area and Stevenson is an un, unbelievable basketball mind. Uh, Kevin Brown, uh, Neil Alexander um, down here. Um, as far as AAU programs, I mean, the Wolves, Mac Urban, Mean Streets, I mean, D Rose, you could go Mercury Elite, you could go, I mean, you you can name, there's there's 20 AAU programs in this state that do an unbelievable job. That's just how many basketball players are, are here, that we can have that many teams and more, and they can all be competitive. Um, so, I mean, those are just, just some names. I mean, like I said, the list can go on and on and on that make it, and, and that's what makes our state awesome, is that there is so much talent. Mike, any, any additional names to add? Exactly right. And it's hard to just start naming a couple of people when our state is so wealthy, great people that put in a lot of time. Like I always tell parents, like if your coach is trying, putting in the time and helping you, most coaches are volunteering a lot of time to help your kid. And, you know, since I was – uh, 13 years old, I was lucky. The guy who got me into basketball, the reason I played basketball, was a guy named Jerry Wainwright. I met him by accident. He was the Highland Park High School coach. I don't know if people know who he was. He was the Paul head coach at one point in North Carolina Wilmington, but he's been a life for a basketball coach at high major schools. It's amazing a good person can have a huge influence on your life. I would have never played basketball in high school. I would have never gotten involved in basketball, and I would have never helped so many other people if I didn't get help from that original guy spending time with me on the game of basketball. So I don't want to say one or two more names because there's so many great people that I love. And he can Gab named a bunch of them. I, I think of all guys even in the city, and we're not going to talk about the city either, but I know how much effort certain guys are driving their kids, picking up their kids, opening the gym late. Like woo, there are a lot of great people out there. Listen, there's good and bad in everything. I hate when people try and say, oh, hey, you bad. No. There are some amazing good people at the AU level, just like there are at the high school level and the college level. And then there's bad people at you. There's bad people at college. There's bad people at high school. There's bad people in businesses. You're going to have both sides of it. But we've got some great people who put a lot of time on their kids. That's, that's really good perspective. I think we all have a similar type of story, myself included, of someone somewhere, you know, having a, a impact on us. Um, and then passing it on. And, and I think that's that's something that for all the listeners out there, don't lose sight of that. Make sure you you find a way to impact the, someone uh, today. Do it today. If you're listening to this episode, do it today. Um, all right. Next question. Gavin, I'll start with you. Name a college assistant coach that's doing a good job recruiting the region. Um, he's actually a head coach now, but uh, Pat Darwin uh, was at Minnesota State Mankato. Uh, for for a while and he did an unbelievable job him and the the staff up there um, did an unbelievable job of being six and a half hours away from here and routinely coming through to check on guys get guys and and they ended up getting a lot I think all but one kid that we've ever had visit there has committed there Um, and it's because a lot of the D1s look at them and they don't really know who they're playing against. Like we talked about before and, and Mankato has just came and said, if you're not, we will, you know, and, and they've done an unbelievable job, but uh, he, he's now head coach at a D three up in, in Minnesota. Um, but he did an unbelievable job uh, down here in the recent years, for sure. Love story. Uh, Mike, anybody from the mind? 
a tough question because you don't want to leave guys out. You don't want to get. I don't get phone calls tonight from guys like what the hell you didn't mention me. Um, you won't get it tonight. You'll get it next week when we post the episode. I talk to so many guys who do a really good job and put in the time. Like, and so, and I've got some kids right now getting recruited really hard at some different levels. So I can't. I don't want to mention those coaches because then the other schools that are in battle with them will think I'm choosing a side because I don't. Like a big rule of mine is. I definitely will help any of the coaches. I'll help you get to know the kid and give you information, but I'm not helping you get a kid. Like that's on you to get the kid. Um, and that's on the kid to do his homework. And I make sure all my kids own their choices. I do not tell the kids where to go ever. I've had kids pick places. I don't think it's the right place for them, but as long as they're hundred percent of their choice, they've made it work and been successful. Um, so I don't want to name a specific coach. I just uh, definitely, uh, have a good feeling for the guys who put in the time, who ask real questions, and who will make their own evaluations and put in the work. Because, listen, we all know there are a lot of guys who don't put in much work. They call scouting service or they call you for a couple of kids and they want you to tell me is D1 or not, so they should offer them or not. And I don't like that either. I'm not, I shouldn't be telling you who to – like, you need to go evaluate. And if you don't think he's for you, fine. If you think he's for you, great, go in. I know that wasn't a good answer for your question, but no, that was a terrible answer, but I understand. And uh, I'll allow it. You know, you're, you're a hell of a politician, Mike, for, for saying well, yeah, that's my plan. Sometimes. Okay. Uh, last couple of questions here. Uh, are the Simpsons from Springfield, Illinois? Oregon, Springfield, Oregon, I believe. Is it really? I believe that I believe they're from Springfield, Oregon, because the the guy that wrote it or whatever is is from Portland. I, I believe I sort of got. I think that's, I think that's right. the controversy. No one's gonna figure it out. I don't know if you guys have seen them. I'm pretty sure it's Springfield, Illinois, because don't they bring up Illinois things sometimes in the show once in a blue moon? I don't know. I swear. Is there is there a nuclear plant somewhere around there? I don't know. <laughs> Name your your favorite basketball movie of all time. Start with, start with the host. Go ahead, host. Wow. Okay. Well, obviously, uh, Blue Chip. Which here's a here's a admission. Okay. And and for my friends that are listening, like my my buddies and my non basketball pals, for years they were crushing me because I I did not watch Blue Chip until the pandemic. I, I never saw it. And I saw it. I was like, damn, I probably should have seen this movie. It's pretty good. Uh, Got to go down and get, get a guy like Shaq. You know what I'm saying? So um, I, I love I love Blue Chip. Um, also, if I can uh, add a, a add a second, obviously, White Man Can't Jump. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a great film. And, and uh, shout out to Phil Cozart. Good friend of the program. Uh, Gavin, what do you got? Uh, my, my two, I mean, White Man Can't Jump's up there, but uh, one that, that really, like, created is he got game. Is, is Ray Allen was uh, a guy that I really, really loved watching when he was in college and then when he was in, in the pros. And so when he came out with He Got Game, and especially with Denzel being uh, a hooper in it, uh, it was just one of those movies that I, I can still watch it a million times today and still act like it's the first time. Okay. Yeah, Mike's Hoosiers. Yeah, I was going to say Hoosiers. I can't believe you didn't say it yet. So my junior year in high school is the year that Hoosiers came out. And my uh, high school coach was an Indiana guy. So we ran everything that the University of Indiana ran. The four passes before you shoot. We did all that stuff. My freshman and sophomore year, Holland Park High School, we won the conference. We were really good. My junior year is the year the movie came out. We won one game. That movie comes out. And as a team, we go see that movie before the state tournament. And we really believe we could be Hoosiers. And of course, we lost the playoff game right away. But <laughs> what what an anticlimactic end to the story! I thought you were rattling it off. Because that movie, that movie was like who we were, and it had us all believing we could do something. Now, the, the good part of that story is almost the exact same team the next year came back and we won the conference. And, and it taught us about team. That's why I love basketball. I love guys being on the same page, working together. You can you can achieve much more. So I think Hoosiers is is the best. Now I'm going to give you a second. I'm going to give you two other movies that you both are too young to know about, 
but you need to see. Okay. Tell us, Professor. You need, you need to see the fish that save Pittsburgh. Okay. Bass break. These are like 1970s or 80s movies. I hope everyone's writing these down. I've heard of Fish That Save Pittsburgh. I, I, I've heard of it. Pittsburgh is funny and goofy. The the, the uh, Fast Break is with uh, Welcome Back Carter. Very funny. And then the other one is uh, the famous one, um, One on One, with Kurt ben with uh, the Benson kid. You guys should see those, and you would you would enjoy them. They're 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 way back when, but they're enjoyable basketball movies. I I'd be remiss if I didn't add one other title, uh, Survive in Advance, uh, Derek Wittenberg's production uh, with Jimmy Valvano or about Jimmy Valvano in NC State. That that movie gets me every single time. I know it's like a 30 for 30, but I, I'll call yeah, it. Yeah, 30 for 30. That does, that, that, that's a different genre. Different genre. That's okay. I'm the host of the show, and I can stray from from where, where we're allowed to go. I, listen, if you if you tuned in and listened today, you, you learned about a, a large state – that's got great talent um, and you learned about kind of the challenges that's presented, but also if you're willing to do the work, the fruits of the labor that, that you're going to get uh, a, a, an exceptional player that loves basketball, that cares about the game. Uh, and that's something that's instilled in the DNA throughout the state. I want to thank you guys, uh, Mike and Gavin for, for joining us again. If you guys as listeners want to get connected with them or anyone else throughout the state of Illinois, please don't hesitate to reach out. A lot of you guys have, I appreciate you guys. You feel free to DM. You don't have to make it public. That's okay. Uh, I know all college coaches like to, to be, you know, kind of incognito with their recruiting. We're more than happy to, to help facilitate any sort of connection. That's what this is all about. Cause we want to, we want to help kids, um, especially in this tough, difficult time during the pandemic. Um, but we've gone through the tunnel. Now we're going to, going to head on back out. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you like subscribe, comment, do all that stuff that you got to do with podcasts. Damn it. Do it, do it, do it. And uh, we appreciate you so much. We are out of here.